second day of the new year. Happy New Year to y'all. If you believe in those things, like time. If you know me, you know that I believe time is an illusion. The Gregorian calendar, though it is useful and has purpose, is also based on a man-made concept of measuring time. And so, you know, I don't really care about the new year and holidays. That's just me. Um, I prefer to celebrate moon cycles. Um, the sun is beautiful and amazing, but the moon is consistent. Um, anyway. Woo. So... I've been having some telepathic conversations with my twin flame, whether she's aware of it or not. (laughs) And uh, last night, I really went deep into some um, fear-based trauma that I kind of didn't really know how to give voice to before. Like, I knew it was there, but I never really, like really went deep into it so let's do that now just so that people know you're not alone we're out here there's people out here experiencing these depths these these fear-based traumas that we were kind of imprinted with as children when we came into this world based off of the family units that we were born into you know based off of the uterine portals that we came through. Um, So, I um, one of the things that separated me and my twin initially um, was my need for reassurance and uh, being unable to like really express that and um, feeling unworthy. And my twin directly reflected that back at me um, by telling me I wasn't worthy um, and not being able to communicate how deeply um, she felt towards me. And that ended up kind of being the initial excuse me. It is morning time. <laughs> and I keep yawning, so I apologize. That ended up being the initial um pivot, if you will, towards our separation um which lasted um with no contact at all whatsoever it lasted three years um but you know we went through that love phase where everything was beautiful and amazing and then we had this argument that where she told me I wasn't worthy um, and I didn't deserve her love and 
for, you know, the specific words. I don't remember, but, um, I mean, I remember the specifics of her telling me I didn't deserve, whether or not it was deserve her or her effort, I don't know, or both, I don't know, but there was definitely the expression of you don't deserve, insert thing here. And it made me question my worth and value um, in her life. And at that point in time, I didn't have the capability to kind of pull back and go, okay, well, actually I did. Let me, let me change that. I pulled back and said, okay, well, obviously, you know, this isn't what you want right now and I'm getting in the way of what you're trying to do over there so let me you know kind of go this way and, and figure out what the fuck basically and two months later <laughs> I kind of came back into communication with her of my own fruition and you know I felt lighter but then she was she basically said she had already kind of moved on and was like really trying to not be in that same space with me and then it just created a lot of doubt for me and a lot of confusion um, and in that time you know like my birthday passed and she missed it and it really hurt my feelings um even though to be completely honest I don't pay attention when people miss my birthday which is funny um to me in hindsight I should say in hindsight I'm like you know why was that such a big fucking deal but obviously the people I care about and that I hold close to me, that I hold in my heart. At that time, there was an expectation that, you know, if I remember you, you should remember me. And my birthday is a part of that remembrance. Um, and it just, it kind of snowballed, you know? It was like one thing after another that just kind of hurt my feelings and kept creating kind of kept opening up that wound of well obviously I'm not really important to her and she doesn't feel like I'm deserving of her love so of course she's not showing me attention and it just made me feel like well why why do I feel so strongly about her you know why do I feel this way but she doesn't um and in once again in hindsight like my my awareness now says that wound comes from my parents and the ways that my emotions were stifled um and the ways that when i did express kind of these extreme dramatic emotions that i would often have like these dramatic outbursts as a child um it was kind of not paid attention to, like I wasn't nurtured in those moments or talked to even, you know, it was like, oh, Shane's just being dramatic, you know, like, <laughs> just let Shane be dramatic and, and whatever. And, you know, when we're kids, nobody really talks to you about your emotions. Nobody really talks to you about how to get through that or even try to figure out, you know, where that's coming from for you so that you can kind of also logically talk through it while at the same time still allowing your emotions to be valid, you know? Um, and so, but, you know, our parents, my parents got that from their parents. And so how could they show me anything other than that? Because that's what they learned and they didn't really do the work to dismantle that before having children. Most people don't. But anyway, so as I was um, sitting in this telepathic 
space with my twin flame and having these conversations or my divine counterpart, whichever um, term you prefer. They're interchangeable to me and, and neither of them are really valid because they're both just labels. Um, I often sometimes just say the one I'm connected with or two. Um, nonetheless, in, in this telepathic conversation, I was able to really go deeper into like where those roots stem from and where that pain came from for me and how that was mirrored to me through my, um, my counterpart. And being able to recognize that, you know, in those moments, she was also dealing with her own, you know, core wounds that she learned from her parents um, and the people and the family unit that she was raised in, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me the family unit she was raised in and how those behaviors created that space for us to reflect these things back to each other. Um, but I'm only going to speak for my wounds. Um, her wounds are for her to speak on, so I'm not going to go into what I perceive her wounds to be. Um, but being able to kind of look back and see, oh, okay, you know, this is, this is the way that I perpetuated that cycle um, within myself by questioning everything, <laughs> you know, questioning her loyalty, her faithfulness, questioning her feelings in the first place, you know. I don't know if I really, really believed that she loved me the same way I loved her. Um, and having to look back at that and go, well, yeah, maybe she didn't know how to show it and maybe she didn't know how to express it, but even if she did at the time, would I, would I, would I have believed her? You know, did I really have the capability to believe that someone loved me that deeply? Um, even if she was able to express it and show it in the way that maybe she wanted to or, or that I would have perceived otherwise, you know? Would I, would I really have been able to believe it? Because it's not other people's job to make us believe them. Either you believe what somebody tells you or you don't, you know? Um, and sometimes... Well, not sometimes that that belief and that foundation of belief comes from within our intuition guides us and tells us when someone's telling the truth or not um, the easier it is for you to believe someone comes from within it comes from your own inner guidance um, that is what tells us whether or not people are being honest and true and at the time, I wasn't connected to that inner guidance. You know, I couldn't decipher one way or the other. I knew what I felt. And I knew that that feeling was something that... Oh, I keep touching my... I got a brand new tattoo. And I, when I talk, I have a tendency to flourish my hands about. And... <laughs> So I keep finding myself, like, touching my chest and it's greasy with oil. Anyway, <laughs> um, finding myself, like, feeling this deep love that I, I had felt as a child and like as a teenager and kind of pushed away and and like it it kind of went away after I became an adult if you will quantify that however you want um so like my first relationship was 10 years long almost 10 years we were like 
two months short of our 10 year anniversary. And I was like, yeah, I got to bounce, you know, not, not in such a lackadaisical way. It was very emotional for me. It was a hard decision, but the circumstances proved to be extraneous, <laughs> like real deep, but external. So I ended that relationship and throughout that whole relationship, I never felt that connection, you know, I never felt that depth, that feeling. Um, and by then it had pretty much gone away. Like this was a feeling I had felt as a teenager, kind of when I hit puberty, I felt this deep love that I had always projected onto like women I had crushes on. So they would become the um, point of focus for that feeling for me. And then I got into a relationship and that feeling just went away. Like there was no feelings there. Even in that relationship, that relationship was kind of like just, it just was. Um, no offense to like my ex or whatever, but my, you know, perception and my hindsight from where I am now, I know that I was just in that relationship because it was like finally somebody paid attention to me, you know, like somebody came after me and I just allowed it. I just allowed that to be what it was. And that's kind of how I approached relationships. It was my first relationship. It was my first kiss. It was my first everything. And it was like... When my counterpart came into my life and we got to know each other on a more intimate level because we had been friends on Facebook for like, I want to say a year, two years, something like that. And I never really paid attention to her because I was in a relationship. So when, when I am loyal and faithful, when I'm in a relationship, I'm, I'm shut off. Like there is no external influence to me. And once there is, then I know that relationship has to go. So once I start paying attention to other people and start to feel guilty about that, I know for me it's time to go because my attention is no longer on the person that I've committed myself to. When I make a commitment, it, that commitment's there. I don't need to be married. I don't need that. You know, like I'm just a faithful and loyal person. That's just who I am. So once I'm in a relationship, I'm in it. And we are doing the things like if my if my attention goes elsewhere, then that then I know that's not where I'm meant to be. Um, now, I've only had two relationships and the second one doesn't meet that parameter, but we'll get to that in a minute. So. In that. Two year span where me and my counterpart were just Facebook friends and we would have conversations and they would be these conversations that were really easy but it never really I don't know it didn't it didn't clue me in you know like I, f I felt like at the time because I was in a relationship I wasn't paying attention to anyone else that's just not who I am like I said um, but you know, women would always give me attention. So that wasn't new. You know what I mean? And to then, once I got out of that relationship, did some other things, and then like a year later, um, her and I were actually having like phone conversations and being more involved in each other's lives um, 
beyond just, you know, here's this person I talked to on Facebook, you know. Then it, it, it got deep real fast. <laughs> like, and that depth just kept going deeper and it was exhilarating and, and, it, and it awakened this feeling in me that I thought was gone. Like I had almost forgot about it. And then it just reappeared and I was like, wow. This is, this is the person that this feeling was like made for or came from or, you know, whatever word you want to use. This, this feeling has a person attached to it and, and this is her. And that awareness like was intense and I told her. And I always told her that, like, I've been feeling you since, you know, I was a fucking teenager, yo. I just didn't know it was you because I didn't know you. And now I know you. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, and people will always say, um, If you're a twin flame and other people are like, oh, I want to find my twin. Twin flames will be the first ones to go, stop wishing for that shit. Because it's not this, like, romantic, sweep you off your feet thing. Like, it has that element to it, sure. But it's also this really intense, painful experience because you have to break down everything you learned about love. You have to break down all of the walls and barriers that you put around your heart and your soul and yourself. All the things that you use to protect yourself become null and fucking void. And those things don't work anymore. And you just become this vulnerable, raw person it exposes all of your fear and all of the things that you've been hiding from. And now you have to face that shit and you have to go into that. You have to go into that darkness, into those things that caused you pain and face them. And that shit is hard as fuck to do sometimes. Sometimes. That shit is hard as fuck to do, period. It's not easy. It's not this, you know, romantic, happily ever after situation. Yes, sure, there's this powerful love element to it. There's this undying, unconditional, immensely beautiful love that exists between you and another person. And if you feel it, you feel it. There is no questions. There are no questions. There's doubt. And there are questions. But when you open up to it and you surrender to that feeling, the doubt and questions become null and void once again. You lose yourself in that love, but you also lose yourself in the pain that comes with it because you don't get to choose to not face that shit anymore. You have to face it. You have to. The suffering occurs whether you face it or not. You either suffer in your ignorance and silence or you suffer in the, in the breaking down of that. And then you have to kind of relearn who you are. You have to relearn how to love. You have to relearn what love is. Now, is that 100% true for every single twin flame divine counterpart? No. Not every single person is going to experience it the same way. 
And that's the thing that I don't like about using those, those labels because specifically Twin Flames, the Twin Flame label has all of these different parameters and these different set of, well, this is the different stages of being a Twin Flame and, and this is the runner tra chaser dynamic and this is, um, you know, divine masculine, divine feminine, and the feminine is the chaser and the masculine is the runner. That's not true for every single twin flame, for every single divine counterpart. Personally, as a man, I believe myself to be more in my divine feminine. I existed in my Divine Masculine at one point in time in my life. Probably prior to meeting my Twin Flame and her reawakening that part of me that experienced that deep feeling. That knowing that there's a love that is unexplainable deep within my soul. And then once she reawakened that in me, I'm pretty sure I've been in my divine feminine ever since, except for when I left. Except for when I cut her off and said, okay, I'm done. <laughs> like I'm done doing this back and forth shit. If we're not together, then we're not together and I'm moving on and I'm just going to be with somebody else. And there comes my second relationship. In my second relationship, I lived a lie for three years. And no matter how hard I tried to get away from that lie, I couldn't. My ex fought for that lie to be truth. Every single time I tried to tell her the truth, she fought me literally, physically fought me. And I couldn't get away from her. She wouldn't leave and she wouldn't let me go. And I'm not a violent person and I know now that that relationship was to force me to face the fact that I needed to be more assertive and stand in my truth no matter what. I had to learn how to be in conflict because I refused to face my truth. I allowed someone else's energy to pull me away from my truth into a different space of, well, if you're not going to love me, then I'm going to go over here and be loved by this person. And me and my twin spent maybe a year and a half trying to be friends after we broke up. I'm going to put quotes around all of that. <laughs> I put quotes around trying and quotes around broke up. Because to be completely honest, in the time that we spent being together, it was probably six months in our, what they call the bubble love phase or whatever. And then we had that big fight and I said, okay, well, I need to sit in my, I need to sit and lick my wounds, basically. And I spent two months doing that, and when I came back, she wasn't, she wasn't down anymore. At least not in the same way. And then we tried being friends, and it was like... I don't know how to be your friend, girl. Because the, f the way I feel about you ain't friendly. Like, it's friendly, but it's more than just friendly. It's like everything. It's friend and family. It's lover and <laughs> everything. It's everything. 
I didn't know how to turn that off. And the more we interacted, the more I was triggered, the more she was triggered. We would argue, and it wasn't even about shit half the time. Like, we had one big argument, and it was mostly about, you know, me being needy and wanting more than just, like, I wanted her time, but I also, the time that I was getting, I wanted it to have quality, not just, it wasn't about quantity for me. Like, okay, you don't have, um, you know, things happen in her life that kind of made her way busier than she had been. And all of a sudden, we couldn't really, like, it was a, kind of a very sharp transition from I have time to talk to you and, and whatnot to, okay, I don't have time to talk to you anymore. And it wasn't... It, it was for good reason. Like, she had a valid reason, and I knew what it was. But when we did speak, I wanted to know she was okay. Like, I wanted... I wanted her to let her guard down with me, and she didn't know how to do that at the time, you know? And this one particular day that led to our separation or, or our fight that led me to go lick my wounds she was having a hard day and she didn't express that to me. Instead of expressing that to me, she projected that onto me. And then we had a fight. So it's like, okay, I'm going to back the fuck off for two whole months. <laughs> Even though we emailed each other and like, it wasn't consistent. It was just like this one whole time. And then I came back like, hey. I miss you. And by then, she had put her guard back up. Even more so. And didn't want to let me back in. Because I had more than likely triggered her wounds. And then it became this thing where we just kept triggering each other. In one way or another. Or I wanted more and she didn't have it to give. Nor did she really know how to express the totality of what she was really going through and how that felt for her. Because that's all I really wanted was to, to, to be let in. Because I felt like I was letting her in and she wasn't letting me in. Now, that's my perspective. Once again, I can't speak for how that went for her. I can only speak for how that went for me. And after a year and a half of kind of waiting to be let in... And sometimes adamantly being told that she was dating other people. Not adamantly, but directly. Like, openly, directly being told, I'm seeing someone. For me, in my head, once, once she said that to me, I'm like, well, it's just a matter of time before... You go from I'm seeing someone to I'm in a relationship. So why the fuck am I wasting my time with you? Why am I sitting over here being in love with you and you're with someone else? You've already chosen. So fuck it. So I let somebody else in. Because sitting in my 
aloneness and being by myself wasn't, it was too painful. It hurt too much. And I didn't want to do it. So I didn't. went and found somebody else to fill the void I wasn't filling with my own self-love. I just went to find someone else to distract me from all the pain and wounds that I was ignoring that I needed to face in order to heal within. I looked outside myself and said, I need to find someone else. Because she doesn't want to be with me, so who does? The person I want doesn't want me the way I want them. So let me go find somebody that wants me. So to me, I went into my... To my wounded self... I'm not even going to call it the masculine because when we talk about divine masculine and divine feminine, everybody wants to define or put these parameters on the divine masculine as if the divine masculine is always the one running, is always the one putting up walls because our society has created this toxicity around masculinity. And it's not the masculine that is toxic per se. It's the mentality and the society mindset that is toxic. We just happen to be in a more masculine mindset or masculine-centered mindset. And so those, those elements of being masculine have been, have become unconscious. The, the consciousness of them have been turned off so that we don't meld the feminine and masculine in a healthy balanced way it's unbalanced and it's unconscious so we respond from hurt and pain instead of responding from awareness and love because you can be hurt and be in pain but your awareness and self-love create the space for you to be able to communicate that effectively, efficiently, without projecting it onto people. Masculine or feminine. Doesn't matter which energy you hold. It's possible to be toxic in both. It's just exacerbated in the... Uh, exacerbated. It's exaggerated in the ways that you carry yourself the ways you respond to people in the world. So I went super unconscious. But at the same time, the person I was with was this, I'll say, falsely spiritual teacher for me. She had all the knowledge. She, she had done some of the work and did some of the research. And so she had a lot of this information that I was looking to be aware of even if uh, subconsciously like I was looking for this information and I found somebody who could kind of teach me that but she demanded to be more than just my friend and I just wanted a friend somebody to talk to and share with and grow with and she didn't want to do that with me my ex specifically And my ex is actually the one who kind of demanded that I stop communicating with my counterpart. Come to find out, my ex was also communicating with my counterpart and being basically a petty bitch. But my ex also knew I was in love with someone else and she still came into my life and said, well, I'll, I'll help you heal, but in return, you have to be with me. And this is me simplifying. 
we're not going to go into detail so necessarily, but this is me simplifying that situation from my perspective, my perception now. But I learned so much with with in that relationship, including how to love myself because I was forced into a place of I was forced into this relationship and allow me to use that word force kind of loosely because I forced myself into it. No one else forced me into that relationship. I forced myself into it by avoiding my pain, by avoiding facing my pain and my wounds and not wanting to be alone, being afraid of being alone and having to do that work on my own. So I said, okay, fine, I'll be with this person. She seems like she knows what she's doing. She seems like she's done the work. She knows how to heal. So let me go over this way and be with her. And on some level, she had the info, but she hadn't done the work. She didn't know how to heal. She wasn't actively seeking that for herself. She was actively seeking someone to also help her avoid her pain and wounds, whether she consciously knew she was doing that or not. Even to this day, whether she knows she's doing that or not, I don't know. I haven't spoken to her since we broke up, <laughs> since I'd left, I should say. But because of the vital vitality, volatility, because of the volatile nature of that relationship, I had to pay attention to myself because I wasn't getting that from anyone else. <clears throat> I was getting... I was projecting, trying to project outside of myself onto another person by giving my energy and attention to my ex, but then that was never enough for her. She always wanted more. I was never doing enough. And then it became this cycle of, well, if I'm not doing enough, which is one of my core wounds, as I've already mentioned, that I had, that I had avoided facing with my counterpart by going into this relationship in the first place. If you see that pattern, you see that cycle right there. Instead of going into it by myself, I went into another relationship that basically perpetuated the same cycle of me not being enough, of me not being worthy, of me not being good enough. Nothing I did was ever good enough. There was always a complaint and usually those complaints were pretty consistent no matter what effort I put into changing. And then I realized all of that shit was external. I'm trying to make someone else happy and she was never going to be happy because she wasn't happy with herself. She wasn't happy with our relationship. Regardless of if she wanted to acknowledge that or not, she just wanted to be with somebody because that's what she's been told is the way you're supposed to do this life be in a relationship love someone so much that they devote themselves to you and do all the things that you think are necessary for growth and, and development in a relationship and the reality was none of that shit was gonna ever gonna work because as I mentioned before when I'm in a relationship I'm loyal and focused and though I already knew I was in love with someone else and that feeling never went away in my last relationship with my, in my second relationship, put it that way, um, I was still loyal. Maybe not emotionally, but I was faithful and loyal in that relationship but I was consistently accused of not being so. 
because there was a part of her that always knew I was connected to somebody else. She felt that connection. She felt that connection the whole time and consistently looked to me for reassurance that I had moved on. And I had to lie to her and tell her, yeah, totally, moved on. I had to lie to her and tell her, yeah, I don't think that person's my twin flame anymore. You're totally my twin. Sure, why not? And towards the end of the last, I want to say, two years of that relationship, which only lasted three years, but the last year and a half of that relationship, I started to reject the twin flame label altogether because I got tired of lying. Then it just became, I know who I'm connected to and it ain't you. But you won't leave. So I guess we're just here now because I'm afraid of conflict. Because I fear being alone and having to take care of my own self. I fear losing the foundation that we built together because I felt like I had made progress as a person. When in reality, that progress was built on a shaky foundation that was never meant to be in the first place. So I had to dismantle all of that. Just to come back into myself. So that I could rebuild a foundation that was actually solid. And it doesn't matter where I go from here. I know that my foundation is based in me and not someone else and not a different relationship and not based on the fear and pain that I was hiding from. So being in that relationship forced me to pay attention to my pain and wounds because I was, it was being reflected to me every single day based purely in the fact that I chose to be with this person who didn't really understand me and didn't really appreciate the effort I put into our relationship. And every time I tried to leave, I became the enemy and I got attacked. Every time I tried to be honest about my feelings and honest about what I wanted, which was to leave and to no longer cause pain, even if I approached my ex and said, hey, I've been feeling like, you know, I still have these feelings for someone else and I really don't want to keep perpetuating this cycle with you. I don't want to keep holding you in this relationship with me where I know I can't commit myself to you in that way. It just became this thing of, well, if you have a problem, why didn't you talk to me about it? Why are you still bringing this up? Why is this still an issue? I committed all this time and blah, 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 blah to you and now you just want to leave? And the problem was that, like, she always said, I don't have anywhere to go. Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do now? So then it became victim mentality, right? So I basically found a person who reflected my fear and pain and my wounds to me in order for me to face them. If I wasn't going to do it by myself, <laughs> the divine said, well, here's a person who basically has the same core wounds as you, but like times 10. <laughs> Actually, the way I used to put this was she has the same core wounds as me, but times like a thousand because she was crazy. <laughs> <coughs> and abusive. And I'm not abusive. I might be a little crazy, but I'm not that crazy. So, Divine said to me, well, you don't want to do this on your own? Okay, cool. Here's, here's a, a 
inflated mirror reflection of your pain. Here's your pain times a thousand. Heal that. And I kept trying to externally heal. Until finally I realized that was never going to work. I needed to go within and heal my own pain and my own inner wounds. Until I became strong enough to stand up to the fear and pain. Until that fear no longer controlled me. And I could stand in my truth and go, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't care how angry you get. I don't care how violent you get. You can't keep me anymore. I'm leaving. You will no longer hold me here in fear and pain. That is what we have to do as twin flames, as divine counterparts. Now, not every single person is, is going to have that same intense experience with another person. Some people will. I've heard that some twin flames have had really violent experiences with their um, exes after they were awakened to the twin flame connection and then they went and found other relationships and those relationships ended up being volatile. And then some people don't have that experience. Some twins don't even go into separation. Some twins have already faced their own trauma in their lives because they were forced to through life experience get connected with their twin and other than, you know, a couple of fights here or there or a couple of disagreements or whatever the heck, they're able to sort through their emotions because they already came to the place where they know how to go into that pain and face it without projecting it. Once again, it's not going to be the same for every single twin flame relationship or union or whatever the hell you want to call it. It's not going to be the same for everyone. This is just how it went for me, and I'm okay with that. I had to come to terms with that as well. Like, after reading all of this information, I'm like, okay, well... Like, for a very long time, I, I thought, well, I'm the divine masculine. But I didn't feel like I was the runner. Because every time I would listen to people talk about divine masculine, divine feminine, runner-chaser dynamics, based off of that alone, I'm the divine feminine. Even though I kind of ran... But I was the one who said, who looked up the twin flame information. I was the one who went into that deeply spiritual space and said, we are twin flames. I feel connected to you. I feel you in me. You are a part of me. Our souls are connected. We are one. I was the one who had the intuition. I was the one who knew even from the beginning, even from the first fight, I knew this is not the end. This is not the end. There is no end here. We exist in eternity. There is no end here. We are eternal. So... Based off of all of that and the ways that people define twin flame counterparts, I'm the divine feminine. And I've learned to accept that. Like a part of me really wanted to be the divine masculine. Because if you've listened to my other podcast, if I even posted it, who knows. But if you haven't or I haven't, I'm a trans man 
so I'm a female-bodied man. Accepting myself as the divine feminine already had a different level to it. Because now I have to go, well, like I came out in that previous relationship as trans. And I'm like, of course I'm the divine feminine or divine masculine, you know? Like, my ego wanted to be the divine masculine. <laughs> but I also knew I wasn't the fucking runner. Not in the way that it was described. In the ways that everyone described the Divine Masculine as the runner and all of these things, that wasn't me. So yeah, of course, part of me rejected my twin and tried to project that onto another person. Because there was a whole nother part of me that was rejecting myself as the Divine Feminine. But now I've settled into my energy. I've settled into myself as a man. And I understand that, yeah, masculine and feminine energy exists in all people. You don't really exist without one or the other. It is both in all people, in all beings, in all things, in all things that exist have this energy. It's co-creation at its finest. But some things have dominant energy. And my energy right now is dominant feminine. And has been for quite some time. Everything that gets described about the divine feminine, I relate to. And have this whole time. I just rejected it. So as the divine feminine, I ran from my own self just to come back full circle and go, well, shit. I'm a female-bodied man who is the divine feminine. Explain that to people. Y'all, like... <laughs> that was hard to come to terms with, yo. So I had a lot of pain and a lot of wounds to that I had to break down in order to get here, in order to get to that truth, in order to get to that awareness that says, okay, I'm comfortable in my energy now. I know who I am. And of course, I attracted a very unconscious, toxic, divine, feminine, and we can't put divine in front of feminine energy when it's not perceived when it's not projecting the divinity y'all we got to stop using divine masculine and divine feminine as these key terms the same way we use twin flame when people aren't representing that divinity if you're being toxic it doesn't matter if you're masculine or feminine you're being unconscious in the way that you project your yourself onto other people and I kind of want to use stop, stop using the word toxic. People use it way too frequently now. It's the same way we use the word triggered. The words fit. <laughs> so yeah, they've become like these overused terms because shit. It's what's happening. But we also need to take away the negative connotation that says in that toxicity it can't be changed toxic is a poison now we need to find the anecdote right so maybe we need to go with unconscious subconscious conscious we say conscious all the time <coughs> excuse me so now let's 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 realize that our energies have been unconscious for quite some time and we've been existing in this space where we've been unconsciously reacting, unconsciously living from a space of lacking awareness of self and the truth within. And now we have to go into our truth. We have to go into the, the consciousness and awareness 
and bring all of that pain with us and acknowledge it and shine light on it and heal it and love it anyway. We're not meant to be perfect here. We're not meant to be so loving that we don't acknowledge pain, so loving that we don't dislike shit. Like you can't love every single thing. You can give love to situations and still not want to be a part of it. You can give love to people and not want them to be a part of your life or not like them at all. There are people that I have love for because they are my family. And I wish them the best, but I don't want to be in their energy. And maybe that's just nostalgia because I grew up around these people, you know? I'm a cancer. We're nostalgic. We're emotional. We're sensitive. That's just who we are. But some of us at least. And that adds a whole nother element. We're not going to get into astrology. I just brought that up as a aside. But now we have to have to learn. We have to become aware of our unconscious behaviors. Bring them into the conscious awareness of self. And be honest about that. Like, don't shy away from being honest about that. Even if you're talking to somebody who's still unconsciously projecting pain onto you. Allow yourself to go, okay, I know what I'm doing, even if you don't. I know the way that I'm projecting onto you, even if you don't know the way that you're projecting onto me. And that's okay. But because you don't know, I am going to remove myself from interacting with you on a regular basis. If, if at all possible. We have to put up boundaries to protect ourselves. And you have to learn what those boundaries are by being consciously aware of how pain exists around you and how that pain is being projected onto you and recycled in your experience. And sometimes that pain comes from your own loops, your own recycled energy that you're projecting outward or even inward. Because sometimes the things we say to ourselves get projected onto us by other people because we have this idea of who we are. That idea that I wasn't worthy, that I didn't deserve to be loved the way I love, which is completely, faithfully, loyally, deeply, beyond reason. When I came to the awareness that me expecting other people to love me when they didn't know how to love themselves. And for that matter, let's go deeper into that. When I didn't know how to love myself and I was expecting people to love me in a way I didn't even know how to love me, that ain't gonna work. You can't expect people to love you in a way that you don't love you. And if you don't see the ways that you don't love you, and you keep attracting people who don't know how to love you, you should probably take a step back and start trying to figure out, what does it really mean for me to love me? Because the people I'm surrounding myself with aren't doing it. What do I really feel like I deserve? And are the people around me doing that? What is it really what I what is it that I really want to experience, not just in love, but in friendship, in relationships of any kind, business oriented, 
familial, the interpersonal and the external relationships that we have, even people that you just interact with once or twice, the cashier at the grocery store that you only see once, even if they're having a shitty day, how do I respond to that? Do I respond with their projected pain or do I respond from the love and and peace within myself? Do I allow their energy to affect me or do I bring my energy to their space? And even if they don't they don't acclimate to the energy I bring, if their bad energy doesn't get transformed by my good energy, I still exist in my good energy, yo. Be so solid in your energy that it doesn't matter how anyone else responds to it. You know you. You know what you deserve. You know who you are. You know the love of self. And the love of self, for the most part, can't be, can't be shaken, you know? Can't be pushed away. Somebody's at my door, y'all. I don't know if you heard that and the dog barking. It's about time I'm done anyway. I think that that was confirmation that we're done here. I've said all that I needed to say. There's so so much information in this in this podcast. Hopefully it is helpful to somebody. Hopefully somebody can resonate with it. If anything, you just get a sense for what it's like to be a twin flame if you don't know. And if you do know and you are a twin flame, you get a sense for the journey. Because some of us are just starting the journey. Some of us have already been in the journey for decades. And everything in between. Keep going. Know that you got this, but also only seek internally for your answers because the external answers will always feel off until you know internally what your truth is. That's it. Have a great day. Be good to yourselves. Be gentle with yourselves. Love yourselves. It's the only way you can give that to others.